there's rumors in the Twitter sphere. Kind of on the topic for today. Love a role on the mat. On the mats. Say on the mat tonight. On the mat. Go on the mats. On the mat. On the mat. So glad you could make it out tonight. I, uh, I really appreciate y'all bringing me on the show. Good to go. Oh, yeah! Hey, Jamie, did you get your mic going? I just got in, yeah. Awesome. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. No, man, thank you for coming on. I'm, I've been looking forward to this. This has gotten, like, I've gotten great responses from people on this stuff. I've enjoyed the time that I've spent these last few days. So, man, I, I'm really happy you could make it on. Cool, man. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool format. You know, it's kind of have like having a, a podcast with training wheels, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Without all the hard shit, you know, just yeah, just push a button. Easy for dummies like me. Yeah, yeah you and me both. <laughs> no, very very cool, man. So yeah, welcome. Thank you. So, thank you for sa- taking some time out. Passover edition. Yeah, uh, we just finished dinner ourselves. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, me and uh, Jackie and I have a Mediterranean-themed charcuterie board, so we're digging into that for sure. Oh, beautiful. Man, so yeah, so again, I mean, <clears throat> just to reiterate, I mean, I'm going to use this as a platform, not for not just for shameless plugs for the gym. I mean, we're welcome to talk about the gym, but this is more to highlight the people that make the gym so awesome you know everybody talks about the great experience but that's largely in part due to the individuals that we have as part of this organization so and you're definitely oh absolutely uh, i i agree with you 100 percent, and i i think that's one of the things that it's reflective in a lot of organizations be it uh you know private companies or anything recreational even government institutions any organization that's um worthwhile in my experience I find your most valuable resource is is your people because people are unique. They're valuable. I mean, even an organization that's uh, infrastructure heavy, like something like a, you know, like a law enforcement agency that has a lot of equipment and trucks and vehicles and specialized equipment. Well, I mean, it, it's it's not uh, anything to be sneezed at, but you can buy that stuff. That stuff can just be bought. It can be manufactured. It can be purchased. But the best gyms in the world, like going back to what we both do, jujitsu. I mean, think of off the top of your head, uh, not to put you on the spot, but the best gyms that we have in America right now. You're going to go around to all the big ones in Austin or you know, go back to San Diego and look at a place like Atos. The physical infrastructure at the end of the day is just a room with a bunch of mats. You yes, know, and if you, you look at what Daisy Fresh is doing over there in a in a rundown, exactly in a, in a in a in a laundromat that should be condemned. I mean, it's a, it's amazing. <laughs> but what makes that what makes that that team so good? It's the people, and that's that's what I keep coming back to with with the uh, the, the ability to train at a place like Zia. It's the it's the variety of people that we have. Just uh, just starting with jujitsu, you got a bunch of different people with different body styles, different different strengths, different weaknesses, different styles of 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 grappling, different life experiences, different outside experiences in other martial arts, and people with different life experiences that are that are interesting to be around. That's what makes the place special, or makes any place special. I think absolutely, and it's and it's the largest reason why I wanted to do something like this, why I wanted a platform to highlight our members because jujitsu brings such a diverse and, and you know people have talked about it before such a diverse group of people together 
with one common goal. And I mean, you've seen just on our mat, we have people from law enforcement officers to college students, doctors and professionals, and, and we got the potheads in there too. Absolutely. I mean, it's a great mix of family and, and community. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an overused trite little meme and, and kind of promotional thing for jujitsu, but it's true what they say. I mean, jujitsu is for everybody. Unless you, you have to have some serious physical limitations to not be able to participate in jujitsu at some level. And for me, I can't think of, I can't think of a person who jujitsu wouldn't improve their life in one way, shape or form. For me, it's like a, there's like a, a three point, my, my philosophy is like three different con- converging pathways with jujitsu. Some people like they, they want to like get involved in an activity and, you know, get in shape and exercise and, you know, the same stuff they look from other exercise programs. Hey, I'm going to go to a gym. I want to have some fun. I want to do something that I can actually, I'm motivated to do, you know, I don't want to just like, you know, run outside or get on a, on a uh, Stairmaster and, and whatnot. And, and some people want to do it for the sport and the competitive aspect and they want to compete. And then some people look upon it like as a, as a self-defense thing. They're either worried about getting their butt kicked or they want to be able to kick somebody's butt. All these things overlap, you know, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to train jujitsu to the point of being able to compete. And you're not going to get some physical fitness out of, out of it. And, Correct. Yeah. And you're not going to, you're not going to train jujitsu for, to be combat effective and not also be able to go to a competition and, you know, represent yourself on some level. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's one of the, one of the best ways to keep your mind sharp, keep your body fit uh, and actually learn a valuable skill. You know, I yeah. mean, I, I could hit the gym every day, five days a week. But if somebody attacks me, I'm not going to bench press them off me. No. So it's a really valuable skill to learn. And I've seen it change lives in adults and kids, which is why I just I continue to love it every day. Love what I do. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. Like it does. It does change. It does change people's lives. It certainly changed my life. And it's given me a vehicle to to make myself a better person. You know, for for me, it's not about wanting to beat somebody up or being able to beat somebody up or, you know, worrying and, you know, not to sound lackadaisical, I'm not particularly worried about somebody assaulting me in any (laughs) form because pretty much I mind my own business. Like I I often laugh at, and I know you talk to them too in in your life and your travels, but you have these people that are like, Hey, yeah, I'm worried about, you know, when I go out and, you know, when you get into fights with people and it's like, well, how often does this happen to you? Well, you know, stuff <laughs> happens all the time. And it's like, and my, my response is always like, you need to stop doing whatever you're doing. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm 49 years old and I haven't been in a fight with anybody outside of like uh, work reasons since I was in high school. So like whatever you're doing, you need to stop doing what you're doing. People say, well, you never know. That is true, but you kind of do. <laughs> yeah, it's not as common as you would think. I no, mean- it, it really isn't. Most, know, of I, al- most of the most of the altercations that we see on like YouTube and stuff like that is stuff that's you know both people are participating in this type of confrontation. Yeah, you, you usually have a choice, you know, and and some some people don't have the ability to control their ego, so they can have a choice where they can walk away from somebody. I mean, like I don't understand that. Like people talking about like, well, in a street fight or getting into street fights, it's like I I really can't think what somebody would do to me where that would entice me. I mean, what, they're going to call me a name. You know, right. I, I don't get that. 
Yeah, and that's I think we were kind of having this conversation too when you were talking about different self-defense trainings and knife and you know, knife training, knife defense, where people the, the instructor says tells the people you can you can use anything in the room, you could do whatever you want. And everyone chooses to engage with someone who has a knife instead of run away or like just yeah. walk out the front door. Yeah, so, I, I always I always refer to it as the Nike defense. If, if I see somebody with a knife, I'm going the other way. Absolutely the best defense. And um, a lot of people think that confrontation, you know, uh, and it's because that they're not exposed to it, I believe. You know, in jiu-jitsu, you expose yourself to confrontation and conflict on a physical level every, all the time. And Yeah, and, and you learn... You, I think another valuable aspect of it, not just for, you know, in, in a combat area, just in life, is you learn to be comfortable in adversity. You learn to, you know, be, be able to be comfortably uncomfortable and to suffer through adversity and to, to, to just psychologically as well as physically realize like, okay, I can still breathe. Nothing is getting broken here. I'm, I'm going to figure my way out of this or I'm going to try and advance my position somehow. I'm going to try and reverse this. But for, for me, it was, I, I got started in it way late in life. I was like 36 years old before I was exposed to jujitsu seriously. I mean, I knew what it was, but I, I was not interested in it at all. I, I actually kind of thought like, well, that's kind of stupid. You know, that's cool <laughs> for some people, but I'm not going to do that. And I had a background in striking. I was not terribly good at it, but I was combat effective. But uh, I got exposed to it as a, a, when they incorporated the, uh, our use of force system at work where firearms instructors and use of force instructors kind of they merge the program. So it's like, hey, you're no longer just a firearms instructor. You're going to do everything. I'm like, OK, cool. I'll do that. And in the time from when I went to the academy initially when I was 25 to when I was 36 and detailed as an instructor, they had completely changed the program. Like back in 1997, ground fighting for law enforcement, even like the prevalence of jujitsu in, in society in America was, was virtually nil. I don't know where we were in the, in the world of Nagas and. Uh, yeah, we weren't I, far along, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and even, even like you think back to who, who was representing in the, in the UFC in 1997, like who were the front runners? They, it, it, it wasn't really something that was super prevalent. And years later, like like 13, where are we going back 13 years ago, it had completely changed. It, it was funny because there was like a, a, a large group of instructors, it was like 36 of us, and everyone, very few had any background. There was a couple of guys that were good wrestlers, but nobody had any real background in jiu-jitsu. And everyone that got thrown into the shark tank had one of two reactions. And it was almost split like right down the middle of the class. Everybody either was like, screw this. This is not fun. I don't like this. You know, they were just like, okay, I'm going to do enough of this. I'm going to participate in this to the point so I can pass this and I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> or they had the reaction I had where I'm, I'm not a huge guy. I'm five foot 10, 185 pounds. But I remember there was a, there was an instructor from the special operations division. He was a, I, I'm pretty sure he was a brown belt. He, he retired. He, he became a black belt later on. He's retired now, but he was only 135, 140 pounds, and he was a high-level competitor, brown belt. And this guy took me down, got on top of me, and I, I was completely helpless. You know, picture go back to back in time to when you were like a brand new white belt. 
you're rolling over into a turtle position on all fours, trying to get up. Your neck is sticking up like a giraffe, and you're just getting choked instantly. Mm-hmm. You get, you're just getting arms torn out, and you're getting choked. And you're like, and my reaction was like the other half of the class was like, "Wow, this is really cool. I I, I want to learn how to do this." And that's what that's where it started for me. That's awesome. And so you were already into your career and instructing others. And so how did it change how you as an instructor and you even in just in your personal life? Well, it, what, it, what it did for me is it, it uh, as, as an instructor, it gave me a, a, another way of, of looking at solving problems uh, in physical confrontation. It gave you a, a, a definite other advantage other than just creating space and using tools. You, could, you, can, you can close that space and minimize distance. And I found it, it's very helpful. It actually like, can bring, bring a confrontation slow down the tempo of a confrontation as opposed to having to accelerate it, having to meet force with force. I mean, just from being on the mat with like high level guys, you, you know, you have a guy who's like a high level brown belt or black belt or like a division one wrestler who's, who's the same size or bigger or stronger than you. And he just grabs a hold of you. You're pretty much done. The, the advantage that uh, we have uh, a, a lot of time is your average person really doesn't know I mean, you never know who you're going to run into, but the truth is the average person doesn't really know much jujitsu, wrestling, ground fighting techniques. I mean, the, the average person, they just know how to hit you. And when you take that away from them, they really don't have anything else. Professor you know? Spencer has an interesting, an interesting idea about, you know, the animal kingdom and how you look at a lot of predators grapple they don't strike like a lion isn't going to strike something it's going to grab it and it's going to drag it down and it's going to grapple it yes a lot of predatory animals have striking built in as a defense mechanism but i love it again going back to the you know the the title of the series is on the mat You, you could think a lot of i've seen tons of guys who think they're good strikers stand up and even if the other person is better than them they still in their mind can tell themselves, oh, well, I did good or I got in my I got into some good shots. Yeah. But when you're grappling with someone that's better than you on the mat, it is evident to everyone in the room. But most of all, to you. Yeah. That that person is better. Yeah. And it's it's very evident when you watch, you know, recaps of uh, like body camera footage from law enforcement where you could see a police officer who's actually able to take control of the situation and control the individual as opposed to it just looks terrible not only does it not work as well but you leave yourself open to much more legal jeopardy because you can you can grab a hold of somebody and you can use like you know a good kimura grip a good seatbelt grip sit them down on the ground and your 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 necessity to hit them and hurt them and break things is greatly reduced because at the end of the day, if you're a law enforcement officer, you need to get them into handcuffs safely, safely for you and safely for them. And if you don't have grappling skills, it is very difficult. That's one of the things that uh, we always joke about in, in law enforcement. Like there's a, there's a whole bunch of really almost kata like overly complicated techniques of getting handcuffs on people. They call it inside cuffing, outside cuffing, cuffing prone, cuffing somebody from a kneeling position. But the truth is when somebody is, that's all really good when they're cooperating. But when they're not cooperating, getting handcuffs on somebody, the best way to do it is you just got to get them on. And if you're able to minimize their movement, 
that makes it so much easier. And if you don't have grappling skills, we'll just call them grappling skills, being able to control somebody and move your body through physical space, your only other option is to basically beat them until they, they give up. And that, that's not good for you or good for them. Yeah, and that's the default for most people. That's all that they're really, you know, if you have no training, that's really all your, your default setting is. Yeah, and, 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 and the, problem, the problem we have in, in, this, in this world that we live in is there's really isn't the money allocated or the time to uh, train people to, to that level. Like if you see a police officer who is really good at controlling somebody in a grappling situation, I can virtually guarantee you he did not get that from his agency. I'm, I'm, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been exposed to a lot, of, a lot of other agencies and no law enforcement agency invests in having somebody trained to the level of a blue belt. They've just started that now with some departments where they're like, you know what, everybody's going to do eight hours of training at least, you know, every, at least twice a month. And you're, they're going to pay for them to get up to the level of, uh, of a blue belt. But that, that's the thing. It, it, takes, it, takes a, it takes a lot of training and it takes a lot of time. And yeah. I, I can't see being in that job and not investing. It, it's, it's like in-service training for medical professionals. I mean, it's, it's your life and somebody else's life can certainly depend upon your ability to be good at your job. Yeah, I would totally see it as, as one of the very high priorities in that field. And now... Yeah. Loving that we're now we're starting to realize that the, the sport is becoming vastly more popular than it was even just five years ago when I got into it. Because I got into jujitsu late also. I got in late at 31. And mm. and the old the old adage is, you know, the best time to start jujitsu is 10 years ago. And the yeah. second time is today. Right. But, I mean, I feel I feel stupid. I wish I I wish I discovered it years ago. Like when I was a kid my sport was cross country. I was a skinny kid. I ran cross country. I was actually pretty good. And we, our high school had a really good wrestling team. And I can remember being like, Oh, just being in, in awe of like how hard those guys worked and wanting no part of that. I was like, that does not look fun at all. Like the, the level <laughs> of intensity that they put in, uh, you know, on the mats, running bleachers and, and, and what have you. But yeah, I, I sometimes get on myself like, man, how much better would I be if I was able to actually have started this in my youth as opposed to at the beginning of becoming an older person? You know, at 36 years old, you're kind of on the other side of, of your uh, athletic ability. But you know what? I didn't. Oh, don't, don't tell me that, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get. I'll tell you right now, getting old is not good, but it beats the alternative. I'll tell you that. But, That's uh, true. <laughs> but, but I look on it this way. It's like, you know what? You didn't start it before you were 36, but so what? You're, you're doing it now. That's true, because you could have gone through life never, never having started it. And that's the true, that's the true, you know, crime there is, man, once you, once you see it, once you feel it, so many people are, are looking for it. You know, that's, they need it. It's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, the sport itself and, and, and what, and also the two, the people it brings into your life. I mean, I've been exposed to a lot of different people in life in general. And the, the amount of people I've been exposed to through jujitsu that weren't people that I wanted to be around is very, it's, it's minimal. Very, it's, it very, 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 very minimal. And it's all, it's transcended to the point for me where, uh, yeah, it's important, relevant to my job, but I'm not going to be doing this job forever. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm now 49. I'm going to retire in like another 20 months from from law enforcement. 
but it's going jujitsu will be something that I do for the rest of my life as long as I'm physically able to. You know, and so that, it's kind of transcended it to a lifestyle rather than, you know, a sport or, you know, something I do that's relevant to my job. You know, I, I think that there are so many people out there that just all they want to do when you boil. I do a lot of like vision development and goal setting and stuff for people. And when you boil it all down is the majority of us just want to help people in some way. And the avenue that jujitsu brings to help such a vast array of people is amazing because I know you've talked about it before. You know, I obviously fell in love with it and, and devoted myself to just, you know, teaching jujitsu. And it's something that, that can be extremely gratifying for both parties involved. And I think that's part of the beauty of this, of the martial art itself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're getting close to the end here, but I do, if Katie, if you're on, I want to bring you on because Katie's been a staple on the, on the series and the show. And I love her. Katie's always got great, great ideas and great stuff to say. And she's also, uh, I'm sure Chad, hopefully Chad is listening to both of them have been amazing, uh, this week with me getting this thing kicked off. And I appreciate every single one of you guys who have supported me in this because uh, it's something that's been on, on my heart and on my mind for a long time. And I'm so glad that we finally got to kick it off. So uh, Katie, you're welcome to come on and, and talk with uh, me and Jamie, ask any questions or just make any comments. Jamie, this is amazing. I love it. Thank you so much for, for sharing this, man. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks. Thanks for having me. I mean, I could, uh, I hope I didn't monopolize the conversation too much, but I could sit here and BS with you about jujitsu probably until tomorrow morning when I got to pick you up at your house. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't have a problem talking about this at all. No, and I've heard that too. And I, I have no problem hearing it, listening to it. Same thing with Katie and Chad. You know, I love your opinions. We, we speak at the gym. We speak during class, after class and stuff like that. But I really do respect all of your opinions, your different experiences. I love hearing about them. And I want to, just, you know, grow this and get more people involved in it. But, yeah, yeah, Katie, how are you doing? How are you guys doing on that end? We're doing really well. Thank you. Um, eats his class today, dude. Whoop my butt. I am so, I'm already sore. It took, like, literally an hour, and I'm already sore. <laughs> so it was yeah. really, really good. Itza runs a, a very, very challenging yoga class. It was it was great, man. It was so fun. So we're doing really well here. Um, Jamie, I heard you mention that you were hopefully retiring soon. When do you plan on retiring? Uh, it's uh, December of 2023. Ooh. Dang, so we're going to have well, like a crazy big Zia party for you then? Well, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the, the, the famous Tecates out there. Yes. Uh, those Those are always great. And I know you've expressed, you know, you know, wanting to teach and and I absolutely love, especially like you were giving some really good tips with your partner. I think it was uh, it was that advanced class yesterday. And oh, uh, yeah, with Keith. Yes, exactly. Well, he's, he's a he's a good student. He's got a lot of potential. He's very athletic and he's very uh, he's got the right mindset, too. But also, I'd, I'd love to help you out with the kids class or wherever you would need me. Oh, yeah, man. The kids. Oh, I, I hope you know what you're getting into because the kids are definitely yeah. challenging. <laughs> yeah. And I know Chad has talked about that, too, about wanting to teach kids. And, I, you know, I um, that kids class is something I've said it before. When, when we started, I did not want it. I wanted to give it away to anybody and anyone. 
And um, it was such a challenge, but I think Jackie and I, you know, Jackie's done a great job helping and we finally cracked that. We cracked that nutshell and we figured out the answer to the question, I think. And it's just been a joy to teach these kids. So I would love to have any of you guys, you know, higher belts come in and help and, and get that experience because the kids are wonderful. Oh and man, I, I love teaching kids. I know Chad also really, really loves teaching kiddos, man. Um, it's so funny. He, when I was watching him coach in his dojo, there was just something about it. There's, there's a way that you communicate with children that will either keep them engaged or it won't, you know, and sometimes you have kids that just have low ten- attention spans, which is totally fine, but man there's a special like knack to doing it and I, I watch the way you and Jackie run your classes and it's always interesting because the kids are always almost always watching and listening and to me that's so impressive because it's hard it's hard to get a, a class of you know 10 to 15 kids to constantly actually want to listen to you so 10 out of 10 there you may not have wanted the class but the class sure wanted you <laughs> it's rough you know and we've, we've we've done a lot of learning in the last two you know two and a half years and thankfully I've got a a bunch of kids myself so I forced them to to help us but you know kids kids are so much different than adults and teaching them is so different I give disclaimers now to adults when I teach them because I'm just so zoned in to to the style of teaching the kids and Professor Spencer said it a long time ago that uh, adults can handle more instruction and because of their some people's physical limitations can handle less mobility but kids are the opposite and they can handle more mobility and but they can only handle less instruction so it's interesting the dynamic that is that's a super interesting way to put it besides mobility and the amount of instruction you're able to give do you see any other like huge differences where you have to like switch gears between adults and children yeah, there's, I mean, children do not lie. They keep everything totally honest. If something, if they don't like something, if something is confusing or if it's boring, they're going to tell you. Adults will have those same thoughts, but not say anything and then just not come back. Kids are just like, they will call you out on the spot. No remorse. <laughs> I <laughs> think. I'm good. <laughs> it is. It keeps you honest. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to have uh, any of you guys definitely come in. I mean, the the kids have been great. We're we're growing it now to a point where you know we I, we we've even started giving our own kids a lot more days off because those guys have been training nonstop for like the last two and a half years, and I'm sure they're sick of it. You just gotta have an ebb and flow. I've always heard that from like whatever sport or like martial art or whatever you do, it's always good to have the highs right and then you have a few weeks or you have like two or three days depending on what you're uh, hoping to accomplish where you you back off it's kind of like the tide you want to come in have a lot of training and then go out a little bit have some fun come back in with your training super hard because unless you're training for like a ten thousand dollar competition or something i don't think that every single day nonstop is is possible while still enjoying what you're doing yeah and that's a it's hard to keep a, a healthy balance because there's a competitive aspect in the gym like with you and your training partners but there's also you also have to take rests and take breaks and that's and that's the hard thing to balance yeah if you turn it into a job you can kind of ruin it yeah and but see you know I, and jiu-jitsu is so wonderful because i you know i did turn it into a job and i still love it i still absolutely love the interaction 
it gets hard, you know, day in and day out. But I mean, at the end of the day, I remember what I was doing before and I was sitting on a desk and I felt like a dog on a leash and it was just, it was not healthy for me. And this is in its, in its worst day is better than, you know, some of the best days I've had doing anything else. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's the difference between even if you have a bad day, you still enjoy what you're doing as opposed to a job where you've kind of, you've kind of run out of all the uh, excitement and the uh, novelty and the sense of purpose in it. And you're just waiting for the day to end so you can get the hell out of there. Yeah, exactly. And as I think it was Chad, when I was talking to Chad, and he was talking about his his dad dragging him to karate classes like, oh, man, I felt so convicted, like, <laughs> because I do that to my kids. And I was just like, man, I hope I'm not hate, making them hate this sport, you know? Yeah. Uh, but in the, you know, Chad had a good ending there. He ended up loving it. So I'm hopefully I know when to pump the brakes on these kids. Yeah, I think they always know when to come around. I, I was late into into enjoying it, but. I'm really glad my dad forced me to do it because it, it's really paid off, not just in the martial arts world, but just the lessons you learn and the people you meet really pay off in your working life and your social life too. So, Yeah, it does. I mean, it helps tremendously. And I know I got that from, from sports and like uh, going to Hatch, we had like my graduating class was 60 people. I knew everybody in my graduating class. We didn't have wrestling and man, I wish we did. I, I went like Jamie, you talked about seeing it in high school and not wanting to do it. I was that other kid. I was like, I wanted to wrestle. We just didn't have it. So hopefully my kids will appreciate it. I think they've all kind of come to come to see the benefits of it. And they've all gotten very, very good. But I had learned a long time ago to really ease up on them and not demand so much of them on the mat. I think like the biggest thing with kiddos and just like seeing people learning um, and seeing kids classes and then seeing chat teaching like you're so absolutely right i think that a lot of times sometimes i know i had this happen with my own parents not necessarily with martial arts but with other things in my life that they pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and eventually i just stopped enjoying it and it wasn't even because i wanted to do it It it's one of the things i was like oh i really want to do this particular thing but i I stopped enjoying it because it became a job for me and so i think you have the the perfect code there for keeping your kiddos involved and engaged without making it a chore for them or making it feel and again you always have bad days dude there's sometimes where i'm like oh chad don't make me go to the gym i don't want to i'm like everyone has off days but yeah. for sure i think you have the you've cracked the code yeah those but those good days are totally worth it you know i had one of those good days last weekend i was like oh man mansur didn't sub me so that's a plus but you know those good days are so so sweet and those those bad days man some of them they're hard to get to absolutely Man, well, I want to thank you guys so much. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but we're going to continue to do this as much as we can. You're always welcome back. I'm going to try to keep at least, you know, the first part of the episode on for the for our guests and then open things up for questions and comments. And and we're we're here. We don't have to keep it in jujitsu. We can go to any other martial arts. I have conversations with all you guys about world uh, world events, current events and all that stuff. And I would love to talk about that with you as well. So. Hopefully we can schedule you guys to come back again uh, really soon. Well, I'd, I'd love to do it anytime. Uh, thank you very much, Mark. And I appreciate, uh, appreciate it. Sounds thank great. You. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate you. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Peace. Enjoy I'll see the- you in the morning. <laughs> yes, I'll see you in the morning.